Welcome to Eavesdrop. Here's your host, Matt Cozy. This show has been so much fun to do, and that is because it is ultimately about connection and talking with people about some of the cool things that they're up to. And yes, that includes hearing about their careers, but also genuinely catching up with people I personally know. And with that being said, I'm very excited to welcome my friend and former roommate, Devin Curry, live from Nashville to eavesdrop. What is up? (laughs) Thanks, man. I really appreciate the invite. Things are good. Things are a little bit warmer down here than the north, but you know. How, How much warmer? It's not bad. Today was in the 40s, okay. but tomorrow's supposed to be in the 60s. The next two oh, days dang. are in like the mid, the mid 60s. So I'm very stoked about that. I've that lost nice. my like my layer of warmth that you kind of build when you're like in the north. I'm I'm a total wimp now when it comes to any of the cold. So yeah, dude, it's good though. Things are good. Things are solid down in Nashville. So what has been going on the last several months? with you with with music or otherwise Um, has any of those things been put on pause or what type of adjustments have you had to make yeah man so when did when did COVID hit it was like like mid to late march it was march yeah mark there was this one week where so it was kind of wild uh to (laughs) before that nashville had a crazy tornado like ripped through it i can't remember if it was in february or if it was the first week of march but there was like the tornado we like it ripped through cut down a lot of the city honestly and there was like a week that everybody just volunteered and helped out and then we had a dead week of just like kind of back to normal and then covid <laughs> the, the like announcements for covid hit like the week after that one like quiet week after this huge tornado ripped through the city but so with that being said it was already this like Whoa, things are kind of changed up. Um, but then, dude, the that first week that it like the pandemic happened, I got like slowly but surely all my gigs and all my like dates that I had booked with artists. I'd get emails or calls, and then literally within a like a two or three day span, I was like wiped completely clean. So it was uh, it was a little scary. Um, mm-hmm. But good. I think it was it it you know, it's kind of one of those like really grounding perspectives <laughs> to be like right. to be like within within music, you're not it's like it's like a entertainment, right? So it's not needed necessarily. Like people enjoy it, people love it, people can escape to it, but at the end of the day, it's not like an like a like a super honestly what i've kind of gathered is like a super needed industry for the most part you know what i mean like a lot of our friends who were booking agents got laid off because their artists couldn't perform anymore obviously so it's like but you know all the tech companies were thriving still like anything that was like online was like crushing it during you know so it was it was it was just a really unique perspective to see oh man i put like my undergrad into this i put my grad school into this and all it took was a a virus to knock it off it's like wheels completely which is it was it was like super interesting so i was like huh okay well this is a bummer <laughs> and then i need to figure out like how to make up money and like luckily like 
we all got the stimulus check. That was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there was a lot of music relief funds that were kind of going around. So, um, while I was like job hunting and stuff like that, I applied to those and they were super helpful. Like those, um, there's a company called jam card and they teamed up with Winston house They're over in LA. They were giving out relief packages, but sponsored by like local businesses in Los Angeles who were like doing okay. And they had like access to like it. So that was super cool. Um, and then, uh, music cares in Nashville had this huge relief fund that was going out and they were extremely helpful for a lot of us as well. It was, it was like this weird breather where like it allowed me to sit for a second. You know what I mean? I feel like like for that month, like the whole world was in kind of like a panic, but also there was this like beautiful component that people were like no one was working, no one knew it was happening. So you, it just made you sit still for a second. And it was like, I found that actually really life-giving. Um, Cause music was so, it's such like a roller coaster of a career. Mm-hmm. Um, like some months are really great. Other months are like kind of dry. It's just dependent on like artists and gigs and stuff like that. So um, it's very much like month to month to an extent, you know? Um, and uh, it was kind of a relief to be like, all right, well, just let's find something else. So, dude, I applied to, like, Amazon, Driver, like, shit. I did that at one stuff. point. Yeah, just, like, these. I applied companies. for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, all these random, like, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not like, above pushing carts right now. <laughs> so, like, went to... You know, yeah, in the in between out. time, you got to consider different things. Oh my gosh, yeah, totally. So I did that. I tried to do online lessons. Um, ended up booking a couple of those. Um, and the and what was I, I started getting hired for all these really odd jobs by friends, where I like I had a friend who just bought a Sprinter van, and um, he wanted to convert the inside to it into like a place. With like a bed and a desk and like cabinet or you know like cabinets kind of cubby type stuff where he could store things when he was traveling and like touring or whatever. So he hired me out to like do like to build it to like help build it with him. And so that was like one that that was like about half a month and that was awesome. Like that was some that was some random cool work. Like I've never done any like building before. And then um, my wife, Kirsten, got this job at a fitness studio down in Franklin, which is like a half hour away from here. And um, her boss's husband is a private, is, is a contractor in Franklin. And I had just done very minimal woodworking skills. And Kirsten told my bo- her boss's husband that I was doing woodworking. So it got confused. He thought I was like flipping condos in like downtown Nashville and like <laughs> take it like, like I was like a project manager. Fixer upper. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And dude, what are like, it was, it was, it was so funny. So I got a call from him and be like, Hey man, like we could really use the help. Like I heard you're like working on some really solid projects down in like 
downtown Nashville. And I was like, I have no idea who you spoke. He was like, I just spoke to your wife. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't know what she said. But like, I for sure don't know. Like I can like basic, I can do like basic woodworking skills. Like I can like read a tape measure. I can make a cut for you. I can do the grunt work, carry stuff. I'm like, he was like, oh, okay. Well, he got back to me a couple of days later and ended up hiring me to just join his like company. Team. Join the team. Join the team just to help out. And I was like, wow, okay, here's a job that came out of nowhere. I think I'm going to just like try and learn this new skill and this new like trade. And then a day after that, my other buddy uh, started a custom furniture company um, where he was building like essentially like restoration hardware-esque, West Elm-esque tables for people, like very like Southern style, very like farmhouse kind of, you know, like wood, dark stain, all, all that good stuff. And he was like, hey, we could like use some help at the shop doing cuts and staining. Would you wanna work for me? doing that and I was like I'm literally going into construction and carpentry right now I guess like music is kaput for a second (laughs) so dude I've been like I've been learning carpentry all like I I learned carpentry all summer and wow um, now what actually pays the bills right now is I work uh, pretty much full-time at my friend's company doing all custom furniture and uh how about that it's been it's been crazy it's been good like I'm really thankful. It's truly a, a it's truly, it was truly like a blessing. Cause like, I knew like, man, if I like, God bless the people that do Amazon driving, God bless people that do that are pushing the carts or restocking the vegetables or whatever. But man, if I had, if like now looking at that, if I had to do that, it would have, it would have driven me insane. I for sure would have quit. Cause it would have just, it would, it, would, it, would, it would have just killed me. And I was, cause I, cause I, I wouldn't be necessarily learning like a new skill or trait. I'm just really thankful I got put in a situation and that the Lord was like, dude, you're going to be way better at just learning a new skill and craft. We're going to put you here, Devin. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, dude, it was so cool. So that's I've really been, cool perspective. Yeah. I've, so I've been doing that. Um, and I've been doing like music production for, okay. um, my wife's album. Um, we've been working on that and then, um, doing some like remote drum sessions for people like every now and then, but it's been really, really based on like woodworking, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Been, like making, making the money, providing for us, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, there was a point in the summer where I wasn't sure what was going to happen with teaching. You know, I had just finished student yeah. teaching in March. Yeah. And it's like, well, the timing isn't great there. Yeah. <laughs> and there was really no job market in the summer because school districts didn't have really a, a good grasp on their plans. Yeah. So they had their staffing map you know, on, on the whiteboard, so to speak, but sure. how to actually practically fill that, there was a little bit of a delay. Uh-huh. And then once districts finalized their plans, there was some turnover because teachers didn't want to do that. Wow. And so I got my English teaching job literally 12 hours before the school year started and one, which was one week before the kids started. Oh my gosh. 
So you had to, I mean, was there a pre-written curriculum for you or was it like, hey, Matt Cozy, here we go. This is your, like, these are your kids. This is what class you're teaching. Uh, this is what we'd like for you to cover. I would say it's more of that, more of the oh, latter. <laughs> like curriculum maps don't really exist anymore. Like yeah. I'm assigned books. Like, hey, in sophomore English, you teach To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. You teach this. Great but book. what you do with it is up to you. Wow. So I've really been like, for the books, I've, I've mentioned this in, in interviews before. Yeah. I'm like a chapter or two ahead of the kids. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have the summer to read. I had no time. That's, so you're just, you're literally. You just threw me in. Dude, that's like, that's, that's like kind of the joke of being the teacher, right? Is you're just like only one or two steps ahead of like the students and everything like that. Like, yeah. So this, but you're literally doing that. It's that's, a real thing. That is incredible. Wait, has it been, has it been fun though? Has it been? Yeah, I would say looking back on it now, because the, the semester ends next week. Wow. There has been still moments where you could find joy in it. Good. Aside from two weeks, we've been hybrid, uh, uh, remote the whole time. We were hybrid okay. for two weeks. Okay. Otherwise, we've been fully remote. Okay. But I'm enjoying it. We're yeah. seeing kids not as engaged as we hit you know, the end of the semester here, but we've been virtual for so long yeah. that it's starting to have a little bit more of a noticeable effect on the kids. For sure. But I think I've, I've, in terms of planning, have found my groove. And those two weeks that we were in person, mm -hmm. I got such a high from that. Because like, that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm a first year teacher who wants to teach. Yeah. So yeah, I'll do what I can through this computer. Uh -huh. But it was a lot of fun for those two weeks. I'm looking forward to yeah, hopefully man. getting that opportunity next semester and still still getting something out of this year. Yes. Like what if we went through this, this pandemic and we didn't improve ourselves or we didn't get something out of it Right. that you just kind of like flatlined or maybe even got, or something got worse. Yeah. You don't want that to happen. No, we got to end up at a better spot. Yes. We have to, there's no, I mean, I mean, even feeling like going back to what we had last year, we'll probably feel like, a bump up, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just like compared to what we have right now. But I think it, I think it really does like show the stress of like people, like kid, like, I don't know, just people in general just need community, you know, like, more yeah, than, it's more a great word. And more than just like through that. I mean, cause everyone, dude, everyone is so obsessed with their phones, right? Like that's, that's, that's just like a very known thing. And are you like, on your phone a lot? I, I, honestly, I'm not. Okay. Um, I didn't think you, I, that's what I thought you would say. Yeah. For what, for what I do for, especially for like woodwork and car, the only thing I'm using it for is like my calculator to make sure my cuts are correct and everything like that, 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 and like Spotify essentially like that's, yeah, that's right. literally it. Um, I have Instagram, but I'm a horrible, uh, I've, I just suck at it so hard. I don't, I don't. I was, a, I was your, in your first Instagram post. You were, you and, dude, you and Brandon, man, we were playing golf in the apartment with the little. With Literally the little inside. Car. Yes, yes. It's, dude, absolutely. It was so much fun. Yeah, let's, how about we stick there for a, a couple minutes then? Yeah. 
Uh, because when you left Iowa City back in, in 2013 and mm-hmm. headed to Nashville, you went yeah. to Belmont. Yes. And now you're still in Nashville, so you stayed. Um, so when did you say, hey, I want to do music as a career? Had you intended on that when you went down to Nashville initially? that seven years ago or how did that evolve and why and how Nash, you know, Nashville to, to kind of plant your flag there. Yeah, man. I, so I had quite a few friends who did undergrad at Belmont. So that's right. Yeah. People that I had like grown up with, you know, back Mm -hmm. in Wheaton. Um, and, uh, so I was, I would go down periodically to, to play shows throughout my undergrad. So I started building like, a little community of like friends that I had down there who were, you know, our age and everything like that. Um, so I already kind of knew quite a few people before I even moved down there to begin with. So that was super nice. Cause I wasn't entering a new city where that was completely fresh. Like I had been down there plenty of times to know my way around the area. You were just, familiar with it. You knew. Yeah, it was so nice. So, um, man, and I just fell in love with it. I did, grad school there and I knew it was either going to be there or LA and um I just dude the culture down here is beautiful like um people are so sweet people are so willing to help people are so willing to guide um and mentor down here um like it was it was a very sweet culture and it was this really cool like it was just, I don't know, man, it was just like a bunch of creatives just thrown into this pot and it was, oh, you're a drummer. Oh, you're a guitarist. You're an artist. Do uh, you need help with anything you're doing right now? And it's like, there was all this collaboration that was just so attractive to me um, down here, but done in like a really pure way um, that I just, man, I just, I just stayed. Like I found like a solid community down here. Um, just got plugged in a lot of my work professionally has stemmed out of here as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, now it's kind of breached a little bit to LA, but I mean, primarily it's been, it's been, it's been here. Everybody loves Nashville. Dude. It's a great spot. Have you ever been here? No, you're going to need to come down. I need to. Yeah. That'd be great. You need to come down. Um, and it's, it's it's a great dude it is just a great city if you appreciate any form of music just any oh, yeah. of it this is the spot to come to if you love good food this is a spot cuz dude we've been we've been influenced so down here is so influenced by LA Manhattan Chicago Austin it's got such good food down here man it's so good it's got a good (laughs) just a good vibe yeah but yeah so i I mean i just couldn't imagine leaving also it's like a stone's thrown it's like an eight-hour drive back to chicago and my parents were up there my brothers and sister uh they're up there my folks just recently actually moved down here but wow um, that's cool but all my all all my mom's sides in chicago on my dad's sides in like detroit area so Nashville was still close enough where I could, if I like wanted to drive back home for a weekend, I could, I could drive, you know what I mean? You could get in your car and go. Yeah. 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 Which is nice too. Cool. I I always remember, I connect with what you're saying about people being into what you're into 
and showing an interest in each other and that community and that connection. That's why I think I hold Iowa City with so much fondness. Yeah. And I lived there for three years after graduation. So I was there seven total years. Yeah. But I felt like that was the first spot where, like, as somebody who wanted to write and do other things that were creative, like Iowa City is a very creative spot. Oh, super creative. It was like, wow, people actually like what I'm doing and they're accepting for, for who I am. Yeah. Um, because growing up, you don't necessarily get that. It's not to like trash like Crystal Lake or, or Wheaton. Yeah. It's just that it's a different change of pace, a different place that really cared about like the arts and being creative. Yeah. Did that happen for you too? Like back then? So Wheaton, Wheaton was like a unique little thing. Cause we had, Oh wait, versus like, like in like childhood or at Iowa city in Iowa city. Yeah. I would say, dude. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. Like I thought it was, it was like the perfect place for me to get my roots down and like, Oh, this is what music professionally could look or and, well i mean it was so like academia based obviously too because it's just school but like being able to play at like the blue moose or um dude what was the one good on, memories on clinton and burlington there was this the mill the mill yes the mill um there was another yacht club the, <laughs> the yacht club yeah <laughs> oh my gosh Oh my gosh, the freaking yacht club! Yeah, that one, dude. Um, I remember like a lot of Thursday nights there our senior year. Am I remembering uh, that? Yes, I think that was correct. Also, um, yeah. the Vine. Please tell me the Vine still exists there. Was that a thing? The Vine on on Gilbert, right? It was Gilbert, but there was also the one on like was it like Highway Two that in like, Coralville? Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, yeah, it was just a great. I mean, I. I do think there was this appreciation for it. There was this, okay. the school of music was really, it was a great, it's a, it's just a solid program there. And outside of the school of music, I remember I would play with, with friends who were more focused on like mainstream commercial music, which was what you would get, you know, that's heard on the radio, heard on all mm-hmm. your Spotify, all, all that stuff. Um, versus like the school that was like all classical and jazz right so right it was super cool we still had people that were wanting to do like bands and like artistry outside of the classical jazz realm that there was like a solid community of us too that were in that as well you know and then um obviously everything through church too like having that's right being able to be on like a worship team and like that was that fed like another part of me that like needed to be you know there as well so i dude i have nothing but literally the greatest memories of iowa city and i want to go back so bad because they built that new the new school of music that they promised to my like our class oh that it would be ready that it would be ready by our senior year and i was like whoops okay we'll see it you know but um yeah, it's it's an incredible building from the outside. Yeah. I've never been in, but I, I like really want to go back and check it out and say it because I, you know, I have some friends who have done like doc, doctoral programs who are who are back in Iowa City. You know that like we were together in like undergrad and all that stuff. So I just thought I just thought it'd be really really fun to go and visit. But um, 
Nothing yeah. but fond memories, man. Absolutely. Was, Absolutely. A great place. So, so you've played with what I would call, you know, so-called bigger names since you've now done yeah. music as a career. Uh, I know about Chris Allen and Judah and the Lion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are, those are some folks. That How did you link up with them and, or, or what are some of the other people that you've played with that you care yeah. to, to share about? Sure. Um, I'll give this, so I'll say, so other artists, so yeah, other artists, so I'll like list off a couple else. Yeah, um, that'd uh, be great. John Bellion, if you know. Oh, that's he, right. I did know that. Um, Christy Knuckles is like, uh, she did a lot of CCM stuff through, uh, what's that church in Atlanta? They have a conference every year. I'm trying to think. Of oh my it. gosh. Oh, passion. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Passion church. Um, so Christy was a part of like the Tomlin crowd. That's a huge event. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I've done stuff with her. Um, with Ellie Holcomb, you guys might, you, you might know Drew Holcomb, um, her husband, uh, but Ellie does a lot of CCM stuff. She's awesome. She's a phenomenal artist. They, they're in like the crowd with like Need to Breathe and Johnny Swim and cool. like Matt Kearney and all those, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, this group called, uh, or this artist, he goes by Jaguar Twin out in LA. I've done some work with him and he floats more in like, um the five seconds of summer uh lovely the band and that genre yeah and then my my other buddy mike cameraman did a project called curly for a little bit but he's part of a band called small pools which is like another la alternative indie indie rock band type thing so and this Um, is all drumming yeah this is drumming for everything and then for my wife kirsten um I'll do guitar, keys, drums, like kind of whatever needs to happen for her stuff. But, um, but yeah, how, how that all came to be is, uh, long story short, I grew up with the mandolin player of Judah and the Lion. His name's Brian. Um, so he's from Wheaton. We played it. We played together as like kids and things like that, you know, uh, doing like battle of the bands for like DuPage County or like, nice. whatever. um, and and their home base is in nashville their home base is in nashville so the three mains that make up that group is judah he's from cookville tennessee and then nate is from uh uh colorado springs and then brian is from wheaton so they all met at belmont um and then when i went down there uh judah is is our age. So he graduated uh, the same year we did. So, but when I was down there, he was living there and I met everybody through Brian. Cause I ended up living with Brian my first year down there um, and just started meeting the rest of the band. Um, and I started subbing with them in 2013 when they needed uh, a drummer, when their current drummer at the time couldn't, um, couldn't play for anything. Cause like he was in school still too. So there was, you know, wow. like, all of us, all of us were in school too. Um, but I would like help out. And then um, the manager, his name's Ben Hutto. He was a student at Belmont in the business school of music. And uh, he 
was just like a friend and was like, I'll totally manage you guys. And that's how most of those like groups that come out of Belmont start is like, they have that one friend who's more like business oriented versus music artist oriented. So like the friend who's more business would be like, yeah, I like manage you guys. Well, you know, and that's kind of how it starts. But like for Ben, that was amazing because Judah like took off and Ben, Ben's like an incredible worker. Um, super good at what he does and he's like super personable and like lovable so it's not it's hard to not love the guy when you're like around him um, he's like the perfect manager uh, and then what happened was uh, Judy got signed to this smaller label in Nashville uh, called Good Time Inc mm-hmm. and it turned who later turned into triple eight um, but Chris Allen was on Good Time Inc and Chris needed a drummer in 2016, like the, his spring tour. He had just released an album. And uh, I got plugged in with that because Ben called me and he was like, hey, what does your spring look like? And I was like, nothing, man. I got nothing. So he was like, cool. We'll, we'll take a meeting with Chris. We met at a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> never, never heard my plane. Um, and <laughs> I hired me uh that was a good hang at cracker barrel i guess and i've been playing for chris ever since then uh but because i knew brian i met ben because i knew ben i got chris um a great story yeah and just man things like that like for john bellion i subbed in another judah date uh when they were on the road with 21 pilots um and so I was on there for a week and John was another opener for 21 pilots. So I ended up making friends with John's drummer. Um, Cause we thought very similar, like musically and all that, all that stuff. Uh, but anyway, we just kept in touch after, after, I, after I was on, on that, on that week as a sub and later that fall in 2017, um, he called me and he was like, Hey, could you sub a date for me for John? And I was like, absolutely. John was one of my dream artists. So it was like, absolutely. That's awesome. yeah, totally. So, you know, once again, cause I knew Brian, things just kind of, you know, sweet. And then like, you just start meeting other people cause that's just the way it's like, it's as, as, as many musicians are down here, it's still like a really tight community. So it's, it's super, which makes it a unique place. Which makes it super unique, yeah. And but what's hey. awesome is people are willing to let people in, which is the really nice part about it, you know. So yeah, it's not. It's sweet. There's really no exclusion. Yeah. It, it's more of like a a closer knit network. Yeah. Um. So what would you say you would want to do musically? Yeah. You know, like, in, like, in a in a post pandemic music universe, <laughs> because would, we are going to rebound to that. I'm optimistic. Oh, dude, me too, me too. Um, I I would love. Like, man, would you like to tour with somebody? I think I would still love touring. Okay. Get, what's funny is I'm getting to like the older age. Like we're getting, yeah. to, you know, like I haven't hit thirty yet, but. Right. We have summer birthdays. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it gets to the point where it's like, I've done, I feel like I've been blessed with enough experience on the road and enough opportunity to, to like tour throughout 
from graduating absolutely in 2015 to like now right within like a four-year span i feel like i'm like man i've done like <laughs> if you would have told my like 10 year old self the amount of stuff i would have gotten to do i'd be like whatever that's not gonna happen that's just not that's not <laughs> probable or whatever you know uh and man i feel so fortunate because there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who try for this who don't get it don't get it not as not understanding but like they just aren't presented the opportunity it doesn't happen it just doesn't happen and that's such a hard it's such a harsh reality um and i feel very fortunate to what i've what i've done so i've you should you definitely should yeah man um so if, if if i could tour i would take it it would have to be something really worthwhile to take me away from kirsten you know for a couple months or whatever it would be you know um Luckily, she is an artist and also a musician, and she understands what this career path is. And um, so the Lord definitely gave me someone at least who'd be very understanding towards something like that, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah, I would love that. I would love to produce. I think if I could be a remote drummer, have like a home studio that was like, doctored up have my kit set up so i could like record drums for people um but also be able to like produce out projects like i love creating music i love having someone sit in front of me and go this is what i have written on the piano this is like me singing with a piano or me singing with a guitar and i could just be like okay well here's all the other instruments we could be like building into this and like this is all the background vocals you could be adding onto this. This is all the harmonies, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, how you, how you, how you start from doing like a simple guitar vocal, like in your bedroom to like what you hear, you know, when it's fully produced and fully brought to its, you know, fullest potential. And it very much could just simply still be a guitar vocal. There's plenty of songs that just stay as that because it's like, you just don't feel the conviction to change it. But more often than not, you know, you change it up and you add more and you kind of spruce it up. I'd love to be able to do that, man. I'd that'd be really cool. To, uh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be killer. My like, my ultimate dream though is to be on tour. And while I'm touring, being, you know, line up different cities where I visit small music shops or guitar centers around and give a clinic before the show. Um, and then whoever wants to be my little, like, <laughs> my, like, um, you know, like, I would probably call up a person to be my, like, I'm blanking on the word, but my, uh, I'm saying, like, example, I'm going to say, like, guinea pig, just, just to, you know. Volunteer? Volunteer. Thank Yeah. Or just something, man. See, English yeah. major, I need you, dude. Devin's I mean, drumming club. I don't know. Devin, yeah, exactly. You know, something like that. But whoever volunteers i'll give them like free tickets to the show yeah and i'll let them i would invite them to come in early so that they can see kind of the background to everything and like have them sit like on my kit on stage so that they can get the crowd perspective yep um i'm sorry get the perspective from the player versus the perspective from the audience because i remember going to shows when i was younger and being like i could never like that looks so hard or that looks so terrifying. Like that's so scary to be on stage in front of an arena 
but man, like I was given opportunities where I was able to show up to a show before the performance and my friends were playing and like at like Bridgestone, which is a huge arena here, you know, it's where the Preds play and everything like that. And I'm, I like got a chance to sit on a kit looking at the arena from the drummer's perspective. And I was like, I could do this. Like I could, I can. Let's go. You know, you know what I mean? And it's just like that perspective switch. And I think that's so crucial to like a younger kid who has this like lofty dream of doing this one day. Like I was there, you know what I mean? And like having the opportunity to just switch the perspective is so powerful where you like show confidence and like belief in the abilities that you've been given. Um, not to an extent of being cocky or arrogant towards it, but just being like, no, I can, I can. I could do that, you know? So it's like, how do you set up yourself uh, to hopefully be given the opportunity to do that past that point? But I think it'd be really sweet to be able to do like master classes, pour into be awesome people. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's like, that's my like dream, dream, dream. Yeah. I love that you shared that. Yeah. So it's kind of lofty, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's I mean, go for it. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, and that's a cool moment to have like as a young person and then actually come to fruition. Yeah. There's so much power in that. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the business side. Sure. Yeah. Because as somebody who's been podcasting now since the spring, mm -hmm. I read a lot about podcasting and I listen to podcasts about podcasting. Yeah. Um, and Spotify is really making a push in that space. Yeah. And as I read about this stuff, I learn about Spotify and the music side. Mm. And so I've become a little bit interested in that. What are your thoughts on music streaming? And do you view Spotify not only as a consumer, but a musician? You don't view them as like the bad guy. Or, or what do you think about streaming? It's just what we're, it's just where we're at. Like, you know, it's what just, I mean? it's like, just how it is, right? It's how it is. And if it, if it had, like, why, why wouldn't you want to be on Spotify? Right. Exactly. Cause so this is the thing with it is, you know, in like the early two thousands when like Napster and like LimeWire came around, that was streaming. Like that was, that was, that, that was, was early fun. days of streaming. That was early days of streaming. And if the, and if the music industry didn't get smart to that and be like, Hey, let's create a database of millions of records. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, let's have them, you know, which brings up the, because era. that was for, that was free music though. Oh yeah. It Nobody was, was the, getting paid. Exactly. It was all like pirated. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. That like term got, totally thrown around um and then they got smart and they were like yo let's make a let's make a database where people can subscribe and now we're in the era of mass subscriptions to everything you know what i mean so yeah um, and they they figured out a way obviously it looks you make more money on a on like a physical album sale like you make more money um on tour, obviously. On, on tour, merch, like that's where artists make a lot of their money. But for like the Taylor Swiss of the world, like, yes, Spotify does a great thing for them. Apple Music does a great thing for them. You know, people who are ranked, you know, on like the Spotify sure. thing, whatever. Um, but for me, if I threw out music, it would, you know, 
unless I just randomly blew up somehow, but like, it doesn't change much. It just allows you to have, it's kind of like SoundCloud, honestly, like for the younger artists who just have the dream of putting something out, but getting it sent to like a more like legitimized platform like iTunes or Spotify or um, I guess Amazon Music, you could probably find a bunch of stuff on Pandora. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, it's just like, it makes things more accessible. It makes like- It's out there. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, and that gets into the whole discussion of like, well, I think it's a super saturated market by this point. And how do you hear anybody? Because if you go on like new, uh, the, you know, the playlists are curated weekly, right? So it's like everyone, everyone who isn't backed by a label is unfortunately for the most part, a flash in the pan. Yeah. We understand that discovery is going to be an issue. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, it's like an, I wouldn't even call it an evil, uh, but it's just a necessary thing these mm-hmm. days, you know? And yeah, I mean, I should, I, I should know more about it, honestly, but I mean, it takes, yeah. it takes like a million, like a million streams, a million streams. Think about that. Like your song gets listened to a million times. Wow. <laughs> I think that's four grand. So, Jeez. but if you had a million purchases, on iTunes, say in like the early 2000s, mm. that is way more than four grand. You know right. what I mean? Like that song went platinum, right? Or gold or silver, you know what I mean? Things yeah. like that. Now there's this weird, it's like, I don't, I don't understand the ratio towards what makes something platinum, what makes something double, triple, okay. you know, any of those. But it's, a, I mean, I'm thankful for it. I love it. I hear music I would have never heard otherwise you know and uh i think it's great it's a great studying tool it's a great thing to know like what's popular what might be on the rise within like a week or two weeks to a month to a year whatever just seeing trends kind of happen like musically and where things get shifted podcasts are killer like learning there's so much information out there and i'm glad people are like sharing a lot of it um do you listen to podcasts uh, yeah i listen to and the writer is by Ross Golan, it digs into the songwriter. So it'd be like the, 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 the people that write the music for the artist. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So uh, those are always super interesting because their perspective on writing. Might that, have that to check video. that out, yeah. Yeah, it's killer. Um, that's probably the one I've been like listening to. Song, Song Exploder is really good too. Um, that one is more diving into the makeup of the song, the production, the everything like that. Um, I do, yeah, I don't know. I'll just. What's some of your top music on Spotify right now? What are you listening to? Top music. So I've been all about uh, Trench, the Trench album by 21 Pilots. I got, I'm late to it completely. It came out like almost two years ago, but I'm just so late to it. I don't know why, but this week it's been on repeat. Um, Listen to a lot of Christmas. Today, I dug through Carol King and the Beach Boys. Um, you want to plug your wife's Christmas song? I'd love to. Yeah, let's, let's please do. Kirsten Ariane, have yourself a merry little Christmas. You can see it. You can spot. You can Spotify it. Stream it on any any uh, music platform you guys listen to, subscribe to. Um, give her give her a like. Give her a listen. Give her a follow. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Kirsten Kirsten Ariane, K-I-R-S-T-E-N, 
A-R-I-A-N. Awesome. Awesome. Devin, this has been such a great time. (laughs) Dude, I am like, gosh, you know what we got to do? We got to get like a big Zoom call with, I don't, I don't know if Zoom can pull it. I mean, I'm so archaic to this type of stuff, but like. Oh, we could get people in here. That'd be killer. I think that'd be fun, man. Just That'd be awesome. I'm down. Just to do a big Iowa catch up. Sure. That'd be great. Well, thanks for being on the show today, Devin. It was great to uh, catch up and I'm going to take you up on that offer to Nashville uh, to visit sometime. Please do. I mean, we have, we have a guest room come down in the spring. Yes. Just hang out. (laughs) There it is. Nash Vegas. There you go, dude. That's it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. For Devin Curry, I'm Matt Cozy. This is Eavesdrop. See ya!